Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast by the Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello. And Steve, Zips of Akron. Let's talk some basketball. Yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, it's been a fairly uh, news heavy last week or so for the Gophers uh, men's basketball team. Uh, we've got new coaches, we've got you know transfers, unfortunately most of them going outbound. Uh, you know, Steve, I'm just going to kick it right back to you. What was the, you know, worst thing you've heard from the Gophers this past week? Oh, the worst thing. Yeah, we're going to start with the worst thing cuz I don't know, cuz Minnesota. <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. Let's let's start with the negatives. Um, you know, I think you got it's got to be the disappointing Gabe Kalisher transfer news that he's going to be headed to Iowa State. Um, you know, he put his name in the transfer portal a couple weeks ago. Some people may, you know, you you wouldn't be wrong to think that he may have been a fifty fifty. You know, just testing the waters. Maybe he comes back. You know, he's a De La Salle product, local guy. Um, you know, people liked him around here, but turns out he wants to. Go to Greener Pastures. Greener, I guess, is arguable. He's going to Iowa State, but, you know, it leaves a pretty big hole now for whatever you thought the team was going to be next year, just given his veteran leadership. You know, he's he, he's been around. He's a starting Big Ten guard, uh, lockdown, def- defender. lockdown defender. Um, yeah, it's a it's a big miss. Um, you were hoping that he'd be he'd be sticking around and, and he's not gonna be uh, not gonna be here. So it's another in a long line of players who are on this year's team and are not going to be here next year. But I, I think that obviously was the surprising one. Were either of you guys surprised that Liam Robbins decided to go somewhere else? I guess I'm not, not surprised that it happened. Um, I guess when you put these all together, all of the defections, it's, I'm surprised that it all happens at, at once because, you know, that's just a lot of talent going out the door and it's a lot of talent going to other also ran programs. I mean, it isn't like, you know, Robbins is going to Vanderbilt. It's not like he's taking a one year shot to try to win a title. I mean, him and Kelsher are going to other bad programs. So if you're, you know, especially if you're, if you're Gabe Kelsher, maybe he just wants to get out of the twin Cities spotlight, but to make a lateral move like that, a little bit of a head scratcher, um, you know, Robbins is is going with um, with Ed Conroy uh, to Vanderbilt, I believe, as well. So that's not as surprising. But I guess we need. But but again, taking a, a lateral move, a little little bit of a head scratcher if you're just factoring in all the work it is to transfer schools. He seems to really like playing for his uncle. So yeah, that at least can't fault him. I for think. <clears throat> excuse me. If I, I think if it's Gabe, it kind of feels like he just wants a fresh start. You know, clearly things haven't gone. Um, they've trended the wrong way for him outside of his defense um, for the last couple of years. His his shooting has not, you know, kept up to what it had been um, and what I think people hoped for. And, you know, it's probably hard for us to know exactly how that weighs on you. But, you know, I can see that being a situation where you go, hey, start fresh, go somewhere else don't have to because either way you're starting over i mean you're starting over either way so at least this way you you kind of get uh can get away from whatever it is you feel like you need to to start fresh from expectations 
local pressure, whatever it is. Yep, and we and we we, we may never know. You're you're exactly right on the trending downward, at least from an offensive standpoint. So, um, you know, uh, good luck to him on his. You know, I'm sure it's not the last we'll hear about him, but uh, it's just a bummer that he won't be here to finish out his career. Um, and I I will say though that now that the Kalisher news is pretty much locked and loaded, that's the last outstanding player where we had questions. So for better or for worse, now it's just going to be about adding players to the roster, not worrying about who else is going to be leaving. You know, it's the silver linings. It's the little things in life that, that keeps it all turning. That's right. Well, additions. Um, Dave Thorson from Colorado State. Kemp, don't remember his first name, from God knows where. Jason, I'm sorry. Jason I didn't, Kemp from William & Mary. There we go. I, I clearly paid so so close attention to the to the assistant coaches in the last week. Um, and then we have a, there's a rumored third. Who's the rumored third? Uh, that I don't know. So we're just a couple of guys on a podcast who don't know what they're talking about right now. I mean, that's what it is to blog, I think. <laughs> just talk out our asses. Exactly. Um, Andy, are you are you are you feeling pretty good uh, about the assistant coach hires so far? Yeah, you know, so far you you can't really, I guess, complain. They're, uh, you know, they're you you've got Thorson, which will make. I mean, has made all the Twin Cities media especially happy. Um, you know, they're they're enjoyed to get the local guy back, and, and everybody is sure that Thorson is the guy that's going to make sure that all the future Minnesota kids end up at the U, so we'll just have to wait and see with that. Um, you know, and, and Kemp I knew nothing about until first hearing his name two weeks ago, but he seems to have a, a pretty good track record and definitely is an up-and-comer. Um the third guy, as you stalled long enough to let me do some Googling and look it up, uh, <laughs> is is rumored to be uh, Jamie McNeely, who's currently the associate head coach for Texas A&M. Um, there he's, we go. Uh, he's spent basically 12 years coaching under Buzz Williams everywhere other, everywhere he's gone from. Uh, he played under him at, at, at University of New Orleans um, and then coached uh, under him at both uh, Marquette and Virginia Tech before coming with him to Texas A&M. Um, he, he's from Toronto, actually, uh, so that would be one of the things, A, why we may not have heard of hires yet, because, of course, he's got to go through a bigger background check considering he's not a U.S. citizen. Uh, and two, um, you know, Ben Johnson at one point mentioned about, you know, wanting to, to branch out and maybe recruit Canada a little bit more, and, and if McNeely joins the staff... Uh, he's got some significant coaching experience with the uh, with the U18, U19 Canadian national team. Um, so, you know, he, he's definitely got the in on a lot of the up-and-coming prospects from Canada uh, coming right now. Um, he also has a nephew. Uh, we're talking about, you know, obviously we're losing Liam Robbins and, and is the nephew of Ed Conroy. He also has a nephew who uh, was a four-star recruit, uh, redshirted this year as a freshman, uh, didn't play for for an A and M, but you never know if if that's a potential uh, another transfer. He'd, he'd be another another wing when we've got plenty of those right now. Uh, but but the kid looks like he's he's pretty good. So um, if if the McNeely hire happens, uh, you know he might he might bring uh, another quality player along with him. And um, but he he definitely looks like he's qualified and has has tons of experience. And it probably you know would legitimately 
if you're the associate head coach at Texas A&M and you're leaving the guy you've worked with for two years to come to Minnesota, one would assume that he'd probably be the uh, the associate head coach here and would be getting a, a decent raise. Um, I, I don't think you're looking at, uh, unlike somebody like Thorson, who you know, technically he's moving from Colorado State back to Minnesota, but it's probably much more of a, a lateral move. He got a little bit of a raise and, and is coming back home. Uh, one would assume McNeely is going to get a, a, a decent chunk of change more to, to get hired to the to the U, leaving from A&M. So. You know, Steve Thorson is the known commodity. What do you expect, or expect is hard here, but what are you hoping or, or projecting to see from him as far as his addition to the staff? You know, uh, I think he compliments Johnson from a recruiting standpoint, uh, just because he was the former coach of of, of De La Salle. So, um, you know, th- this seems to be the theme of the coaching hire through Johnson. But now adding Thorson for sure is trying to make these more, more of these local connections. So, you know, he he coached at Drake, um, and again, having the the local high school ties as well. Um, would hopefully strengthen local recruiting. Now we'll see how that plays out, but it's another step in the right direction. Um, and you know, paired with Johnson, who also has history there, um, I hope they can complement each other in turning around some of the recruiting uh, misses that were occurring with regularity in the Patino administration. I don't know, kind of. Final thoughts on basketball over the last week? Anything you're still hoping to hear about, see? I don't know. Give me, give me, give me something to take with us as we transition over to volleyball. So there's still a couple of targets out there um, that we can be excited about. Um, so we got Parker Fox, who is currently transferring from D2 Northern State. So he was a Monticello grad, grew up as a Gopher fan, has been very clear that he... Uh, would have loved to have played here when he began his career um, and is still a Gopher fan. And since he's such a dominating player at the D2 level, I think people would be really uh, happy to have him um, on the Gophers. I think he'd even be a starter just to, to when, uh, when he comes in. Um, so look for him. Um, he seems like he's trending in the right direction, but who knows? And then uh, another uh, player on the radar is North Dakota center Philip Rabraka who is a Serbian native, 6'9 center. Um, the Gophers have been in talks with him. I think Johnson had a Zoom call with him this week. Um, he, was, he was good. He was good for the Fighting Hawks. Um, and even when they when they played the Gophers this year, he had 23 points and six rebounds uh, at the, the beginning of this year. So could play against Big Ten competition. Um, and at this point, we're just trying to fill the roster out. So there's still some spots to fill. And it's going to be a slow build, but there are – some players on the team, and we'll see how it plays out. Because <laughs> we were there, looking at a real Hoosier situation there for a while, Chris. There are bodies. That's right. People. Someone will be taking the shots. <laughs> All right. Uh, volleyball, Andy. Um, NCAA tournaments uh, starting to kick off. There's been a whole mess around that. It seems like the NCAA is just determined to absolutely shit themselves when it comes to providing reasonable uh, organization and amenities for um, anything that's not men's basketball, honestly. Um, 
has there been any more? Well, I guess if you can give us a quick recap of that, and then has there been any more news since the you know original news drop that the NCAA sucks? Yeah, you know, uh, about uh, about a week out from the tournament, uh, you know, it, it took till right about the start of the women's basketball tournament before we started looking at some of the other conditions that the that those teams were having to deal with and, and the inequities and. Uh, the the news leaked out a little bit earlier for the volleyball tournament. Basically, um, you know, instead of the instead of the traditional sixty four team tournament, it's it's forty eight this year. As the NCAA has, has cut all the uh, all the delayed tournaments by a third, so forty eight teams. Uh, and basically, the first three rounds of the tournament are all going to be taking uh, place in the Omaha Convention Center. They're going to have four game courts set up and eight practice courts set up, and, and it's all going to be in one spot. Well, uh, the first shoe to drop was apparently um, while ESPN was going to be streaming feeds on ESPN3 of all, all the uh, different action, uh, there originally was going to be no play-by-play announcers. Basically, it was just going to be a live feed with the score bug, and that was it. Uh, so of course everybody panicked about that and the NCAA tried covering their butts and basically saying, well, normally the first two rounds are held on campus sites and it's, it's the campus organizers return to get things figured out, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Basically ESPN, uh, probably with prodding from the NCAA decided to cover their butts and they backtracked and announced, uh, couple days ago that there will be play-by-play announcers now for the first uh, three rounds of the tournament um, when previously there weren't going to be any. Um, So that's good. The bad news is uh, for the Minnesota game, at least uh, on Thursday, uh, the play-by-play announcer will be Sam Gore. Um, While that name probably means nothing to a vast majority of you, uh, you can check out our, our Twitter link that we posted. Sam Gore if anybody remembers, called the inaugural game of the Big Ten Hockey Conference on ESPNU back in 2013. And he was so bad that he screwed up Minnesota and Wisconsin's uniforms. He thought the Gophers were wearing red and Wisconsin was wearing maroon. And it it was just a cluster of epic proportions. So uh, we'll hope he's better at calling volleyball than he was at calling college hockey. Um but it's not a great omen <laughs> to, to start out at least. But um, the, the second and third things that were becoming an issue, uh, obviously with 48 teams all in one location, they weren't going to have enough locker room space for everybody, especially with, with COVID considerations. You're no way you can, you can sanitize things that quickly, yada, yada. So basically they're just saying, well, you know, we're going to give you sort of a, a secure changing space. But nobody still has has come out and said what exactly that is. Is it basically just going to be behind a little tent where the teams can change, or what's going on? Uh, nobody's really provided more clarification on that, as far as I could I've been told. But apparently, there will be a, a secure changing area for for every team. Uh, and, and then thirdly, uh, basically the uh, four main play courts, game courts, will be. Um, sort of the the standard court material with with padding and things like that. But the eight practice courts, uh, it sounds like originally were just going to be a sort of a sport court material laid right on the concrete floor of the convention center, which everybody was freaking out about because obviously that would be a significant um, safety issue, an injury issue. I mean, you're asking 
NCAA tournament teams to practice for a week on basically slightly padded bare concrete. Um, so the NCAA basically came back and said, okay, well, we'll put some felt padding layers down to give it a little bit more support. Um, but, but as far as I've seen, the, the eight practice courts are still, you know, subpar compared to the four game courts in the convention center. So, uh, the NCAA is, is probably frantically hoping that nobody, uh, significant gets an injury here before we get into gameplay. Um, otherwise they're not going to hear the end of it on that one. Um, you know, you just wonder that the elite eight and the final four is moving to the, uh, to the main arena in Omaha. Uh, but you think with Omaha, with, with Nebraska, Omaha, with Creighton, with, um, you know, there's several D3 schools in the Omaha area, Council Bluffs area that they couldn't have find better practice courts and, and found better facilities for teams to practice at. But, um, uh, they decided they wanted to keep everything tight in in the one bubble. Uh, all the hotels are within walking distance of the convention center, so they don't have to worry about buses or transportation or anything like that. Um, you just hope it doesn't come back to, to bite them in the ass in the end. Okay, NCAA just being complete fuck-ups aside. Um, Andy, tell me a little bit more about where we're at as far as, or where the Gophers are at. We, oh, not me, where the Gophers are at as far as... Uh, how things look for them to start the NCAA tournament on Thursday. Yeah. So the, uh, in case you missed it, Minnesota was, uh, awarded the number three overall national seed. Um, so, I mean, the Gophers have a, as good a path, you could argue, uh, getting back to the, the final four as possible. Uh, they open up play 6 PM on ESPN three Thursday night, where they will play the winner of Georgia tech and Lipscomb. Uh, Georgia Tech getting an at-large bid out of the ACC. Lipscomb, the winner of the Atlantic Sun. Um, you know, Minnesota should easily beat either of those teams. I don't know much about any of them, but the Gophers are obviously better. Uh, assuming they win that match Thursday, they would next play on Sunday, um, most likely against number 14-seeded Utah, although I suppose Pittsburgh uh, could could upset Utah. Pittsburgh has had a pretty good team in the, in the past few years, obviously not good enough to get seeded uh, this year. Um, and, and then they would play, like I said, Sunday, and if they advanced to the um, Elite Eight on Monday, uh, they're looking at probably paying either number 6-seed Washington or number 11-seed Louisville. Um so arguably, the Gophers have a have a decent path. They don't see another Big Ten team in their way until the uh, the Final Four, um, you know, and and even arguably until the championship game. The only other top ranked Big Ten team on their side of the entire side of the bracket is Purdue's the seventh seed, and they have to get through Oregon or Kentucky, who's the number two seed, uh, to potentially face the Gophers in the Final Four. So um, it does potentially set up a Minnesota-Wisconsin championship game, which would be intense if we get that far, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, Nebraska and Penn State will have a chance to meet in the Elite Eight. uh, So we'll see uh, just how good the Big Ten is as a a volleyball conference. But, um, yeah, they'll start out play, like I said, Thursday night, 6 p.m., ESPN 3, uh, if they win, then it's it's to Sunday, and, and Sunday and Monday is when hopefully you might actually see some um, real actual TV channels as opposed to just streaming. But, 
yeah, you know, uh, like I said, this this Gopher team, the, the biggest key for Minnesota is going to be getting everybody healthy. Uh, they, they got Melody Sheff after back. C.C. Uh, McGraw has not played in about a month due to a knee injury. Uh, they're they're libero, and she is critical to this team's defense. Um, but I've heard no expectations that she's not going to be ready to, to play in the NCAA tournament. So, um, hopefully she is. Uh, she was one of six Gophers named All-North Region uh, honorees, along with Stephanie Samdi, who was named the, the Region Player of the Year on top of her Big Ten Player of the Year. So, um, she and, and four others are now eligible for, for All-American honors, which will be awarded uh, about the time of the, the Final Four. So, uh, expect when those come out here in, uh, in a week and a half, two weeks, that the Gophers will have several All-Americans once again. So... You know, obviously, volleyball is not the only team with an NCAA uh, tournament coming. Gymnastics, women's gymnastics, has the NCAA championship. Is that also this weekend? Uh, yeah, women's gymnastics and men's gymnastics, both the NCAA championships are this weekend. Yeah, because the men don't have the team there, but they do have individual performers. So they have the team there, and it, uh, admittedly it's a bit of a cop-out because there are only, I believe, 13 teams in men's gymnastics. Um, Army being one of them, and it looks like Army is just sending individuals, but literally every other team in the field is making the NCAA championships. So um, it's not like they had to go through a regional process or anything. They they compete, so they're in the field. Um, so we'll start with the men since we're talking about them. Yeah, uh, the, the Gophers are actually hosting the NCAA championships this weekend at the PAV, which is uh, an interesting, bittersweet way to uh, to go out as, as their final season as a program. Uh, remember that men's gymnastics is one of the teams that's getting cut here uh, at the end of this season. So the Gophers will host the uh, NCAA championships in their, in their final season. Um, they will compete in the evening session on Friday. Uh, along with Michigan, Stanford, Penn State, Iowa, and California. Uh, the men are not expected to come out of that uh, that first semifinal Friday night in the championships. They, are, they have not been uh, very good as a team. But uh, Shane Wiskus, who uh, missed the first half of the season because he was training with the U.S. national team in Colorado, uh, and since he regained his spot on the U.S. national team, has, has rejoined the Gophers for the remainder of his senior season, uh, basically winning... Uh, the all-around in his last two events. He is a strong contender to potentially win uh, an individual NCAA championship uh, this weekend. Um, like I said, it'd be kind of bittersweet to go out on the PAV floor, and then uh, he will once again refocus himself to uh, compete and earn a spot on the U.S. Olympic team here at the uh, at the gymnastics trials, I believe, in the first week of May. So, uh, Shane Wiskus, you know, will be the high point of that. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that and see how he does. Uh, the men's gymnastics works a little bit different than the women, so that the, uh, the like I said, the semifinals are on Friday, the championships are Saturday, all the individual championships are also Saturday night in the final. Uh, that's different from the women's championships, which are taking place down in Fort Worth this weekend. Uh, the Gopher women are in the early session semifinal Friday at noon, uh, where they will compete along with uh, number one, Florida, number four, Michigan, number five, California. The Gophers are ranked number eight right now. The top two teams of that will advance to the finals on Saturday night. Um, but all the individual championships and awards will be awarded depending upon their performances in the semifinals on Friday. So uh, Lexi Ramler, 
who comes in has a legitimate chance to win the all-around individual championship along with individual event championships on on the balance beam, the vault, the bars. Uh, Ona Loper's got a shot to win a, a vault championship. She has three perfect tens on the year. Uh, Maya Hooten had a perfect ten on the floor exercise earlier this year, the freshman from Woodbury. So uh, all those scores in the Friday semifinal will be the scores that will be compared to all the other eight teams and individuals competing for those individual events and all-around NCAA championships. So we will know... You, we will know Friday evening, once the uh, the evening session is complete, whether the Gophers have any individual uh, NCAA championships on the women's side. It'll take till Saturday night to know whether we have any on the men's side. Exciting weekend. Well, and, uh, I mean, the normal spring excitement usually revolves around baseball, but, and so, I'm sorry, baseball and softball. Baseball, we're just not going to talk about because it's bad softball hasn't been great but they've uh they had a big win over uh ranked northwestern team is that correct yeah they seem to be finally catching their stride uh you know the, the gopher softball team and, and honestly it might be attributed to the fact that they didn't really have a non-conference season to, to build up on uh to get some of their their struggles out uh but they they turned it alive they went to uh Northwestern, who was ranked number 21 in the country this past weekend, and they got a complete 4-0 series sweep of the Wildcats, winning uh, 3-2 in 10 innings in the first game on Friday, and then 6-2 on Saturday, and then uh, another extra inning win, 2-1 in the first game on Sunday, and then a 10-4 beating where all the bats came out. I think the Gophers hit three separate either two or three run home runs in that game. Um, McKenna Partain was named the uh, Big Ten Player of the Week, uh, she hit four twelve. Um, three of her seven hits in the series were home runs, which, uh, if if anybody knows anything about gopher softball, when McKenna Partain's hitting home runs, she's your typical leadoff, you know, uh, get on base, rip doubles type player. She's not a power hitter, so the fact that she had three bombs this weekend is is, is pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, the Gophers, they're finally clicking. They got some uh, good pitching from Amber Pfizer, who's, who's definitely struggled earlier in the year so far this year. Uh, but she seemed to find her, her stride this weekend against Northwestern. Uh, Minnesota popped back into the rankings, I believe. I saw in one poll they're 23 and the other one they're 24. Uh, they're back home this weekend to, to host four games against Nebraska at James H. Cowles. Uh, one game Friday evening, one game, a doubleheader on Saturday, and then a game Sunday afternoon. Looks like they're all streaming on BTN, no TV. Uh, but hopefully the Gophers can get back in stride. Um, you know, their biggest remaining series of the year will be the first weekend in May. Uh, they host Michigan, who's the other Big Ten power. Uh, all four of those games are supposed to be on Big Ten Network. Uh, with the Gophers sweeping Northwestern, they jump back, and they're now currently in the lead in the Big Ten right now uh, at 20 and 4, an 833 winning percentage. Um, leading by percentage over Michigan, who's uh, 16 and four and has a 800 winning percentage. So, uh, Minnesota, Michigan, Northwestern, the top three teams in the conference. Um, you know, the Gophers took care of it against one of them, so now they just got to try and, and take care against the teams they should beat till they get to that uh, series with the Wolverines here in a little bit. Well, that's a lot. I mean, this is the whole thing with the spring. Every weekend has got more, even when the traditional, you know, NCAA tournament stuff at this time of year finishes up for, for basketball, you've just got more and more and more still coming because of uh, the false, some of the false stuff moving to spring. And I mean, God, I can't imagine if baseball was actually having a traditional year, we'd be hopping all over the place, but 
All right, so keep an eye out uh, for um, you know what happens with gymnastics. I think that's the the big uh, biggest thing this weekend. Obviously volleyball, but we expect them to kind of cruise their way through a round or two before things get uh, spicy there. And hopefully softball just keeps uh, keeps on improving. And uh, who knows? Maybe basketball will you know give us some more transfer news and uh, a third assistant coach. We'll see. So. Uh, keep it right here on the Daily Gopher for stories on all of that, plus uh, the SkyU podcast. Until then, go Gophers. SkyU Ma. Row the boat. Mm-hmm.